Hey there, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast, and many other podcasts. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing all right. The um, the power actually went out around like three in the morning, and what sucked is I didn't get to sleep till after like one thirty, and then eventually, I mean, it did come on like just before 6 a.m., but it's like, ugh. And the only reason I knew that the power went out was because I usually have a fan going just for, like, white noise and everything, and I realized that it was off because I could hear the dog across the street from us barking, and it was really clearly, I'm like, how do I, ugh. Plus, I mean, it was, like, still 70 degrees out at 3 a.m. It's like, you gotta be kidding me. Ugh. But, yeah. I did, I did eventually, you know, once the power came on, I went back to sleep and everything. I turned the fan on, which is good. But, um, yeah. Today, I'm going to be covering another movie. It's a movie review. A summer movie review. It's going to be Now and Then, which came out in 1995. I'll read the IMDb synopsis. Four 12-year-old girls grow up together during the uneventful small town summer in 1970. Here's another summary written by Anonymous. <sighs> Roberta, Teeny, Samantha, and Chrissy have been busy growing up. But they always remember the promise they made to be there for each other. Now they're together again to relive the greatest summer of their lives. This movie was directed by Leslie Linka Glatter? Glater? G-L-A-T-T-E-R. Let's see, look at her uh, director history. She directed three episodes of Amazing Stories, which I've seen that show a little bit. I think on like Amazon Prime or... Netflix or Hulu or whatever, and it's pretty interesting. She directed four episodes of Twin Peaks, two episodes of NYPD Blue in 94, and then in 95, she directed Now and Then, the movie. She directed two episodes of Freaks and Geeks in 2000, two episodes of Law and Order SVU, Gilmore Girls, she directed five episodes. She directed an episode of The O.C. Oh my gosh. Wow. This this lady's... Oh, she directed eight episodes of The West Wing. Yeah, she's been busy. Busy, busy, busy. Alright. She directed six episodes of Mad Men, three episodes of House, one episode of The Good Wife. The movie was written by Marlene King, who also wrote Pretty Little Liars, something called Famous in Love, a show called Ravenswood, which I've never seen. Oh, she wrote If These Walls Could Talk. That movie also had Demi Moore in it. Okay. I think, yeah, I've seen that movie. It's, it's all right. All right, let's talk about the cast. We have Christina Ricci. She plays young Roberta. We have Rosie O'Donnell, who plays older Roberta. We have Demi Moore, who plays older Samantha. And her younger self is played by Gabby Hoffman. We have Thora Birch, 
who plays young teeny and melanie griffith plays adult teeny so yeah la rita wilson plays adult chrissy uh we do have r.i.p for ashley aston moore who played young chrissy she passed away in 2007 oh that's sad so yeah it's been 12 years Devin Sawa plays Scott Wormer. He does not have an older counterpart, but let me tell you that uh, I had it bad for Devin Sawa by this time. Definitely, I had an entire wall of my bedroom dedicated to pictures, pinups, centerfolds, posters, you name it. It was on the wall. Uh, Let's see, we got another R.I.P. Walter Sparrow. He plays Crazy Pete. He's kind of the um, town local that you don't really see much of during the day, but he comes out at night and he just, I I guess if you, I don't know if you want to call him the town drunk or not, but um, no, he only comes out at night. And the girls call him Crazy Pete. Like, he's this legend around like, oh, he's a crazy guy. He only comes out at night. Oh my goodness! He was in Robin Hood. He played Duncan. Oh, and he was in the Secret Garden as um the garden caretaker. He was also in, I believe he was in Turner and Hooch. I'm pretty sure he. Well, maybe. Mm, let me double check. Okay, he was not in Turner and Hooch. I don't know why I thought he was. Maybe because he just looked like that other guy that was. Cloris Leachman, she plays Grandma Albertson. We have, so that is Samantha's grandmother. We have Lolita Davidovich playing Mrs. Albertson. Um, We have Demi Moore's daughter, Rumor Willis, playing Samantha's young sister, Angela, because apparently... Someone had to have that name in the movie. <laughs> um, we have Hank Azaria, who plays Bud Kent. He plays a... He's kind of like in one scene, and he's gone. Um, Samantha's mother... Basically, the situation with Samantha is her parents. Her dad moved out. Her mom is dressing really young, and she is bringing home a boyfriend. And he's... This man is played by Hank Azaria, who... A lot of you would probably recognize the voice as someone from The Simpsons. I know he's done more than that. Oh, he did the voice of most... I want to see how many voices he did. And he does a lot of them. Just to name a few, we got Moses Lat, Chief Wiggum, Carl, Lou, Comic Book Guy, Apu. Probably more. He's been 649 episodes so far. Oh, my goodness gracious sake. Um... Oh, wow, he did three episodes of Family Guy. Okay. Let's see. He was in Smurfs, too. He was in... Let's see. Wow, okay. He's he's doing... He's done stuff. Good for him. He was in an episode of Growing Pains. Oh, my gosh. And Family Ties. He was a detective in Pretty Woman with Julia Roberts. He was in an episode of Fresh Prince. He played a policeman. He was in Herman's Head. I remember that show. That show also had um, Yardley Smith, who does the voice of Lisa Simpson. Alright, so this movie was released October 20th, 1995. Okay, now that I think about it, 
I don't think I saw this movie right when it came out. In fact, I know I didn't because it was springtime, I think, when I saw the movie. Because movies back in the 90s, they stayed in the theater a long time. Uh, this movie came out October 20th, 1995. I saw it at the smaller 199 theater. And I think, I swear I saw it like during the springtime or early summer. Because I remember we went to Kmart and I think I was looking for the cassette, the soundtrack, because I listened to a lot of movie soundtracks back in the day. That was my thing. So if that's the case, then I got the movie now and then for my 14th birthday. Because I remember I got it for my birthday and this came out in 95. I didn't get it for my 13th birthday. Alright, let's look. I'm going to look at the trivia first. Here we go. Rosie O'Donnell has stated that the character of Roberta was supposed to be a lesbian, but the film was later re-edited and she was made straight. The line, Roberta lives in sin with her boyfriend, was looped in at the last minute. In the scene where Chrissy punches Roberta in the face for pretending to drown, Christina Ritchie forgot to turn her head, and ended up getting punched in the face full force. Oh my god. The production was shut down a few days due to Christina being badly bruised. Oh my goodness. The little girl who plays Samantha's sister, Angela, is Demi Moore's real-life daughter, Rumor Willis. Okay. This is one of two movies released in 95 in which Christina Ricci is the love interest of Devin Sawa. The other one is Casper, in which he played Casper in human form. Now, the thing is, you watch both those movies, there is a big difference in how Devin Sawa looks. I think Casper was filmed right around similar to when... Um, Little Giants was filmed because he looks like, young, compared to when he was in Now and Then. There is a definite age difference there. Christina Ricci and Gabby Hoffman are best friends in real life. When the adult Chrissy is scanning the front cover of People with Teeny on the cover, the smaller headline at the top reads, Linda Richmond tells all in new biography with a picture of Mike Myers dressed as his famous Saturday Night Live. 1975 character. Really? Okay. The movie, a.k.a. the Gaslight Edition, was actually written about a, a town in Indiana named Winchester, and it's Gaslight Edition. The author of the story, Marlene King, grew up there, as did the director, Robert Wise. That's who I said the director was, right? In vastly different years. Winchester just declined to have their name associated with the movie, so the name became Shelby, but later Winchester began to preserve areas mentioned in the movie. Okay? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. The original name of the movie is going to be The Gaslight Edition. I like Now and Then a lot better. The drive-in movie that Tini is watching before she and Sam try out the treehouse is Love Story. In the movie, they are singing the Tony, Tony Orlando hit song, Knock Three Times, while on their way to do research at the library. The song was actually not released until November 1970, and therefore would not have been possible to listen to in the summer of 1970 when the story takes place. 
Kirsten Dunst was offered the role of Chrissy, but she refused to gain weight for the role. She stated, it wasn't worth ruining my figure. And you know what? That's true. You should never take on a movie role if you don't feel comfortable, you know, having to change your body, especially so dramatically. The film takes place in 1970 and 1991. I didn't know it was 1991 when I saw it. I just assumed, like, it's present-day 1995. So that, wow, okay. Scenes in which the girls ran a carnival to raise money for their clubhouse was cut from the film, but I read in junior high a movie novelization of Now and Then. Which had the scene where Teeny ran a kissing booth. And the boy she's making eyes at at the beginning of the movie during the Red Rover scene, that is the boy that she kisses. I think his name is like Brett or Brent or something. The, t- the tarot cards used by Willa Dean play. Oh, again, J- Janie Garofalo is in this movie as well. She plays Willa Dean. Are the five. So the tarot cards she uses are the Five of Swords, High Priestess, Death, Page of Swords, and Ten of Swords. The exact interpretation is unknown. At one point, one of the girls sarcastically asked, What are you, a pod person? This is a reference to the sci-fi horror film Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which came out in 1956, which would have been quite popular among 12-year-old girls. Really? Okay, who wrote this trivia? Really, it's popular young... Among young 12-year-old girls back then. And other young people during the period portrayed in the film. Gotcha. Despite having the same last name, Demi Moore and Ashley Ashton Moore are not related in any way. Okay. Warning, spoilers, Chrissy only swears once throughout the whole movie when she is in hospital giving birth. Because she was probably not on painkillers at the time. So she had to tough it out the old-fashioned way without the drugs. Every time the girls are playing truth or dare, they always choose truth. And the attic where the girls are climbing up the attic window, they only needed one girl to get in the, that way. Then she could have walked downstairs and opened the girl the, 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 the open the front door. Um yeah, okay. Um that's not really uh trivia, that's just the observation. Thank you. I'm sure that other people probably made the same observation when they were watching that scene. And I'm sure maybe I'll make that same observation when I watch that scene, too. Film debut of Bradley Coriel. Don't know who that is. Alright. Here is some goofs. In the movie, they say that their hometown is Shelby, Indiana. Shelby, Indiana is in the northwestern part of Indiana. They went to the Greenfield, Indiana... Or they went to Greenfield, Indiana to go to the library on <laughs> their bikes. That is impossible. They are approximately 150 miles apart. Well, you know what? I don't know. I mean, I guess it could be done over several days. Oh my gosh. That's nuts. The Gaslight Edition neighborhood is actually in the... in. Let's see. Is actually the Country Walk neighborhood in Savannah, Georgia. The earlier scenes in the movie are set in 1970, but the houses used in the movie are architecturally characteristic of and were, in fact, built in 1990. 
When Samantha's parents have a fight and her father leaves, he's reading a book by flashlight. The book is a babysitter's club book, which did not come out until the late 1980s. I will keep my eyeballs open for that. That is cool. Alright. Money used in the diner scene is clearly currency from the 1990s, yet the scene takes place in the 1970s. You know what? Now you're just nitpicking. I get it. I get it. Sometimes you can't get everything from the... If you want to do a time period piece movie, sometimes it's hard to come up with that stuff and you got to create it yourself. Or you just hope that nobody else is going to have a, a critical eye and, like, you know, figure that stuff out. At the softball game, one of the girls calls the boy Nerdo. Although the term nerd had been around for years before, it didn't become popularized until it... It's so used in the sitcom Happy Days, which aired four years later than the time. Oh, for heaven's sake. Seriously? Alright, let's see. Roberta has the LP Meet the Brady Bunch on her dressing table in 1970. The album was released in 1972. The poster of Solar System photo mosaic shown on wall a bedroom scene when they are young was not made until the 1980s. 80s. Okay, there is so much goofs I could go on for eons and days and years and forever. And I don't want to do that. I want to get to the movie. We're at, oh my goodness, 17 minutes in. Alright, here's a tagline. Here we go. And every woman, there is the girl she left behind. Great. Beautiful. Okay, I am ready for the movie. Oh my gosh, there's some connections. You know what? Never mind. Forget the connections. I'm, I'm doing the movie and getting out of the movie, right? Come on, let's do it. Alright, so the DVD apparently has it where you can either watch it in full screen or widescreen. And I wanted widescreen and apparently I wasn't paying attention. Now I gotta watch it in full screen, which whatever. Um, I love on the DVD box it says, A summer when four friends made a promise to return anytime they needed each other, that time has come. And then underneath there's a tagline that says, Best coming-of-age movie since Stand By Me. And a lot of people have kind of pegged this movie as the female version of Stand By Me, which, I mean, honestly, I feel in my heart Stand By Me is always going to be the best. And, I mean, I love Now and Then, but Stand By Me is something that you can't compare the two just because there are four females and four males and everything like that, and it's a time period piece, and they're... One's looking for a dead body. The other ones are looking for why somebody died or how they were killed. So, yeah. Alright, so it's the 70s. Girls are out on someone, someone's backyard. Because there's no fences here separating these houses in the backyard. So, they got two lines of girls like 50 feet apart from each other. And they're playing Red Rover. Okay, so it looks like now it's just Samantha and Chrissy, Roberta, and Teeny, and most of their girls that they've had and used, they're gone. They've all been unable to break the the arms to be able to get through them. That's the whole thing of Red Rover. You're supposed to like run at somebody, try to break the chain. If you don't break the chain, you're added to the chain. So, that's gotta suck. So, I take it the girls this point are losing? Because isn't the point... Hold on, let me look it up. 
Red Rover is also known by many names as Forcing the City Gate and Octopus Tag. What? It's a gameplay primarily by children on playgrounds. The game is played between two lines of players, usually called the East or West team. Although this does not relate... Um, this does not relate to the actual re relative location of the teams, usually positioned approximately 30 feet apart with hands or arms linked together. The game starts when the first team, in this example, the East, calls a player out by saying or singing a line like Red Rover, Red Rover, sound Jimmy right over, or Red Rover, Red Rover, let Tommy come over, or even Red Rover, Red Rover, I call Jonathan over. The immediate goal for the person called is to run to the other line and break the East team's chain, formed by the links linking of hands. If the player called fails to break the chain, they join the East team. However, if the player successfully breaks the chain, they may select either of the two links broken by the successful run and take them to join the West team. The West team then calls out Red Rover for a player on the East team. Play continues. Game needs five people to play at least, although this would be a very short game. When only one player is left on the team, they also must try and break through a link. If they do not succeed, then the opposing team wins. Otherwise, they are able to get a player back for their team. Wow, that is confusing. Um, okay. <laughs> so, Christina's like, alright, well we lost that person. Who's it gonna be? Let's pick somebody that we can call over. And clearly they want someone who's a weakling who is going to not be able to break the chain. So Samantha decides on a boy named Bobby Fricker, which we see kind of picking his nose and all this crap. And Chrissy's like, ew, no, he's picking his nose. He's always picking his nose. And he's eating his burger boogers. And Roberta's like, look, he's a wimp. It's not a big deal. It'll be fine. He's not even going to break the chain. That's what we want. Of course, Bobby runs over and he sucks. Because he can't break the chain and he falls down like a turd. Um, the girls jump up and down. They clearly won the game. Because it's just the four of them now. So we fade away from that memory. And we cut to a snapshot of the girls. In a metal frame. We're gonna go through each four of the girls. And kind of see where they ended up later in life. Um, Roberta looks like she is a OBGYN. We see University of the State of Indiana. Be it known that Roberta Martin, given satisfactory evidence of the compilation of professional something requirements prescribed by law, is qualified to practice medicine and surgery. So we flashed on that, and now we flash on Christina Ricci's face. To let you know that's Roberta because I don't even really think you got any of the girls names during that exchange of Red Rover except for Roberta calling Chrissy by her name and we flash to Rosie O'Donnell as Roberta we see Roberta Martin pitches shutout to win league championship this year's softball team, captained by Shelby Obstetrician, Dr. Roberta Martin, won the championship game 4 to nothing behind the forehit of D.D. Hitchcock. Don't know who she is. 
Martin pitched her best game. So I like that even though she's a doctor, she's still into her sports and everything. Still into the baseball, still into the basketball, as we'll see her twirling a basketball on her finger later. Alright, now we see what looks like a Oscar. It's got that gold-plated person. It says Goddess Award Best Actress. Tina Tercel. So that's going to be teeny. And apparently she also won a People's Choice Award. Good for her. We cut to the picture of Thora Birch as teeny. And then, of course, Melanie Griffith. On the cover of TV Guide, September 17 to 23. 99 cents. TV Guide was only 99 cents in 1991. See, if I hadn't known it said like 1970 to 1991, I would have just kept on assuming that present day in this movie takes place in 95. So we see some little headlines here. One is a clipping that says Virgin Mary. Does it say Tackles Teen? Or I'm not sure what that says. Something rich could be hazardous to your health. And then something about love, cream, something, beer. Chocolate beer? We get a shot of a typewriter. We get a shot of a bookshelf that has many copies of the book, The Aliens Next Door by Samantha. So clearly it's just letting us know where all the girls, you know, where their interests lie. One later takes on the profession in the medical field. One is an actress. One is clearly an author because we see a typewriter. See, Gabby Hoffman is Samantha. And then we also see the author's back cover with Demi Moore's face on it as adult Samantha. We also get a message on the answering machine. Okay, so Chrissy is pretty much going to be... She's the one on the answering machine. Like, oh, I wasn't sure if that was your number, but then I heard your voice. And I figure, yeah, that's you, all right. And she says, it's me, Chrissy. I'm the one who's expecting, you know, a child and expecting you to show up like you promised. And I love how she says, with the whole old gang. But, well, maybe not old, but at least older. And we see a shot of Rita Wilson as Chrissy. She... Is in a photo with her husband, who we're going to see him later. I love how she ends the call with, after all, a promise is a promise. So we'll learn more about that promise later. I love the font with this. We get now in white lettering, and then we get and just underneath the W, and then we get this cursive script in blue of then, and that's nice. Now, this looks like it's going to take place from... Um, Sam's point of view. I'm just going to call her Sam because everyone else calls her Sam. Um, except for her mom who calls her Samantha and her grandma who calls her Samantha. But, um, because we do get a lot of near, uh, you know, narration of the scenes through Samantha's eyes. We got Demi Moore. She's got a map on her dashboard. She's got a bunch of garbage on candy wrappers and whatnot on her dashboard. She's smoking a cigarette. We'll learn later where she picked up that habit. And she quotes Thomas Wolfe where he once said, you can't go home again. And she says, well, that's great for old Tom, but he wasn't a chick who made a pact with her friends when she was 12 that they'd come back whenever one of them needed somebody. So clearly... 
She is a chain smoker. Oh, we also see Cloris Leachman's name in the credits, as well as Bonnie Hunt and Hank Azaria. And she's riding back to her hometown of Indiana, looking for... She's got one of those large packs that have multiple individual packs of cigarettes. As she's driving and trying to find another pack, only to find that it's empty. Like, eh... Like, oh, he's picked a bad week to quit smoking. Well, all right, now we're in the town of Shelby, Indiana, and we got a guy with the ponytail, jean jacket, walking past. Everyone knows Roberta, and this guy's like, hey, you up for a little b-ball, Doc? And he tosses the basketball to her. She spins it on her finger, tosses the bat, like, oh, sorry, boys, no time, no time. I like that she's friendly with the locals, and, you know, and the kids, she's like, you know, everybody's buddy. Alright, so she goes to make a phone call because her beeper goes off. She probably, probably someone from her work. Now we're cutting to Chrissy's house. We're up in her bedroom. She is making herself look pretty. She's got the Aquanet. And Jackson 5 is playing on the stereo. Oh, there's lunch. I will get it, dear. Um, yeah, we're making uh, pizza rolls. Uh, cheeseburger pizza rolls. Uh, they're not bad. So Chrissy's in a room, curling her hair, rocking out to Jackson 5's I'll Be There. We hear Roberta downstairs. She just got in, getting things set up for the girls gathering for Sam and Teenie to come in. And she even calls for Chrissy's husband, whose name is... Morton. And we really, we don't know much of anything about Morton other than the fact that there's a wedding picture of him and Chrissy. And the only way we know that Chrissy is Chrissy is because Chrissy had curly hair in the movie. And in a way, I mean, it was in pigtails, but the pigtails were curly. Yeah, <laughs> I see that, I see that Briar's ice cream in that plastic as uh, Roberta pulls that out of the sack there. There's also Coors Light for anyone that likes to drink the alcoholic beverage. So yeah, it looks like we're getting some ice cream. We're also getting some chip dip. Chrissy is like probably, what, eight, nine months pregnant at this point. She's ready for that baby to come out, even to the point where if this baby doesn't come out, she is going to rip it out of her body herself. Chrissy's looking at a People Weekly magazine that has, she goes by her real name, Tina Tercel, but all the girls call her Teeny, or Trainy, Teeny? Oh, dang it. I've seen this movie a million times. How could I not know this? Teeny. Her name is Teeny. T-E-E-N-Y. Teeny. Okay. There's a heading up above, which was in the trivia, it said, Linda Richmond tells all in new biography, which I believe is Mike Myers from, uh, like, Shrek and the Austin Powers films. That was his SNL character. So let's read Teeny's headline. It says, Tina Tercel, happy at last. She has it all. A handsome husband, a hit series, and a hot new look. She must be so celebrating her breast en enlargement. Or breast implants, or whatever you call them nowadays. I don't know. It might be called something different. So I like this here as Chrissy's like, what does she have that makes guys so excited? And Roberta says, a tiny waist, great legs, and perky breasts. And, of course, Chrissy's like, oh, Roberta, you know how I feel about swearing. And you'll get that 
in her younger version, too. So, like, Roberta, don't swear. And I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna say I learned how to swear from this movie, but it, I think it kind of helped push me in that direction. Like, oh, these girls are doing it. It's acceptable. And Roberta's right. Breast is not a dirty word. They still have the Gaslight Edition entryway as Samantha is, or uh, Sam, I'm calling her Sam, um, as Sam pulls in. So it's basically like, what, like a subdivision, or, um, or you know all those houses, they're like, um, are they called subdivisions where all the houses look identical? Or like a housing development, that might be it too, but maybe that's like when it's in the development stage, then it gets an official title. Like Briar Manor, or Farmland Estates, or Estates, or I don't know. Those houses definitely look like 90s houses. Maybe I'm just saying that because of all the vinyl siding. When they go to the 70s, I want to see if those houses look anything like they do. Clearly, it's been 20 years. The houses would have to be updated. And if you think about it, out of the four girls, Sam and Teeny were the only ones that got out of that town. Uh, Sam, I believe, is in New York. Teeny, if she's making movies, she's probably in uh, California. Roberta and Chrissy were the only ones that stayed. And Chrissy is the only one out of the four of them that actually, like, moved into her mom's house and, like, has taken it over as her own. But when the girls arrived, they noticed, like, not much has been done. Like, whoa, it's a time warp. You hear in the background as Sam is getting out of her car, you hear people calling their kids in to either lunch or they're calling them back in home. So it's still got that family knit appeal. I love how the door has, like, sh tall sh five-foot shrubs on either side. Sam, um... Uh, Next, uh, hits the doorbell. Roberta comes out. It's a little awkward. They haven't seen each other in a while. And, of course, Chrissy wants to commemorate the moment of Roberta and Sam hugging. Like, oh, picture the 35 mil kind. Not the digital camera. Not the camera phone. No. A 35 mil. And the thing we'll realize later on as the film goes on, there's four girls, but... Even though they have a bond with each other, they have a closer bond. Like, Roberta and Chrissy have a really close bond. And Teeny and Samantha have their own little close-knit bond. But they're still close with each other. Kind of, it makes me think of, you definitely stand by me. I definitely want to see about, like, who is, who, Chrissy's definitely the Vern. I'm going to say, go ahead and say Samantha is definitely... The Chris Chambers, Roberta's Gordy, and then, of course, I'm going to go off and say Teeny is like, um, the, um, the Teddy, but she doesn't, like, go out and stand in front of trains and everything. Oh, here we go. Now, someone's arriving in style. Teeny. Check out that white 1990s limo. Woo! I mean, for the time, it was probably nice, but you see nice, sleeker limos. I've never been in one, like I've said. Like, two, a door or two down from Chrissy's house, 
Someone's got a freaking motorcycle. Like, oh, I bet they love hearing that thing rev. Like, ugh. It's a stretch limo. Teeny is all in white. She's like, hey, bitches. <laughs> That's how she's introduced. Because we haven't met, well, we've only met them at, as kids in that opening shot of them playing Red Rover. We haven't really gotten much of them other than that one scene. So, Roberta grabs Teeny's luggage, and of course, Chrissy is all about, let's capture every single moment. Oh, Roberta, I'm going to take a picture of you as you grab Teeny's luggage. And Roberta just rolls around, it's like, oh my gosh, really, we're still on the picture thing, huh? Ugh. And Chrissy's like, oh no, you look good, Roberta. And you hear Roberta off camera say, yeah, I'm a supermodel. <laughs> So Teeny and Sam hug, like, oh, it's been too damn long. Like, yeah. How long has it been? Did they come back for Chrissy and Morton's wedding? Because this fits 1991 and say this movie took place in the 70s. So it's been 20 years. So 20 years on top of what they're t they were 12 at the point. They got to be somewhere in their 30s at this point. So I'd say it's probably been, maybe, they haven't seen each other in maybe over 10, 15 years, maybe? So Chrissy invites everyone in. Of course, it's a culture, not a culture shock. Um, it's like, whoa, time warp. When Sam and Teeny come in, like, Teeny's like, wow, it looks just like it did when your mom lived here. And of course, Chrissy's like, you know what they say, like mother, like daughter. And then all of a sudden... There's just silence, and everyone's just looking at each other, like, uncomfortable. I think it's just Sam and Teeny have been away for so long that it's really, like, trying to get back into the groove of things. Because, you know, Roberta and Chrissy see each other practically every day, I'm sure, because they both live in that small town. So it's nothing for them. So Chrissy offers them something to drink, and they're like, oh, Jack Daniels. And Chrissy's like, oh, we don't keep hard liquor in the house. Sorry. So <laughs> Roberta's like, hey, look, we got beer. Like, all right, beer's cool. That's great. Chrissy, seriously, with the plastic on the couch? <laughs> she wants to preserve that couch. That's been in her family since she was born, I'm sure. I love how when Chrissy and Roberta are out of the room and... Sam and Teeny go to sit down on that plastic-covered couch. <laughs> that um, Sam picks up one of these um, little whatever the heck, what do you knickknacks? Like a, a little figurine. Like oh, I've been looking for one of these, and she like picks it up. And this kind of like, <laughs> can you believe this? <laughs> How old is this house? <laughs> Some things never change. Alright, now we're outside, and the thing is, um, I noticed when I was listening to another podcast review now and then, they bring up a good point of, Chrissy's pregnant, and she's just allowing Samantha to smoke in her home, or smoke in the vicinity of her, I mean, she's trying to be, you know, a good, um, hostess and everything, and I get that, and they got the treehouse, which, that is gonna become when we see them at their younger age, that is their summer goal to get that beautiful treehouse, gorgeous treehouse. And the fact that they, he's clearly, Chrissy's husband has had to probably keep upkeep, you know, fresh paint, 
making sure to replace, you know, either shingles or whatever, siding and windows, whatever needs. I mean, over 20 plus years, that's just sitting in the tree and you think the elements of the weather would start to uh, take effect. It would take its uh, effect on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Roberta's up there hanging out and Samantha's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you kept this thing. It's like, well... It's not just mine to tear down, Chrissy says. I mean, this was all of us. We all chipped in to buy this. Oh, the husband. Morton is actually manning the grill. Okay, I was going to say, who's that man that's walking behind them? Like, okay, that's Morton. We got burgers. We got hot dogs. We got cheese. We got it all on this grill. Ooh, I'm going to make myself a brat for lunch, actually. With some shredded cheese, some mayo, some Heinz 57 sauce. Ugh. I love that. That's my thing. That's what. That's my kick. That's what I'm on uh, right now is uh, having brats for lunch. Granted, I don't fry them on the grill. I just cook them on the stove because I'm not going to light the grill. I've, ne I've never manned that grill outside. And it's just a simple, like, two-person grill. But it's like, eh, I don't trust myself. I'm afraid something would happen. The house would burn down. That's that's a weekend thing when Jeremy's here and he takes care of the girl stuff. So apparently Chrissy says that her husband wanted to tear it down and put in a doughboy. Is a doughboy a swimming pool? Which why would you need to tear that thing down that it's in a tree? The swimming pool is not going in the tree, so I don't get it. And Chrissy is really emotional. I mean, she was like that as a kid, but I think because she's, you know, got the pregnancy hormones, it makes her, like, overly emotional, because she's like, it's not mine to tear down. It belongs to all of us. I really want to thank you guys for showing up. So, Chrissy takes a small bowl of olives. Or are those grapes? They might be grapes. I think they're grapes, actually. I think I see a stem in there. And she walks off. And now we're going to move over to uh, the swings and the patio furniture. Sam and Teeny are both smoking ciggies. They're both swinging on the swing set. We got Roberta. She finally came down from her tower and says, Don't worry, Chrissy. I think you'll make a great mom, a little overbearing and rigid, which we'll see Bonnie Hunt was really no different in the flashback when we meet her mother. And we only see her Bonnie Hunt as Chrissy's mom for one scene. So Tina's like, gosh, you can't believe you're having a baby, Chrissy. That makes me feel so old. Really? It makes you feel old because she's having a baby? That'd be more like, gosh, Chrissy, I can't believe your child's already 21. That makes me feel old. That, that is so, <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, maybe she's just saying it in relation to the fact that, you know, they were once like 12 and now they're like 30 something having baby. She's having a baby. And Sam, of course, has to add her depressing advice. Like, wow, this whole baby thing baffles me. I mean, you have it, you raise it, you inevitably screw it up. It, it resents you, feels guilty for resenting you. Then it has a baby perpetuating the vicious cycle. And, of course, I love how Chrissy is just like, he's crazy to Roberta. Like, Wow, you got some deep-seated issues, girl. That's probably... She's projecting from her own childhood onto this. Like, come on. No, not everyone's gonna be like that. 
So Sam saying that about like her mother and father, like, or she resents her mom and then later feels guilty for resenting and so on and so forth. So now we go into the subject of Sam's book because Teeny's like, oh, Sam, what are you working on now? And Sam just kind of laughs at my tan. <laughs> and Kirstie, of course, has to add, like, I don't understand why you ought to write a book about something people can relate to. I mean, I didn't understand half of that Aliens Next Door thing you wrote. Kirstie's like, why don't you write a romance novel like Daniel Steele? Now there is a page turner. Guys, I'm practically a <laughs> I wouldn't say I've committed the movie to memory, but something like I remember. Nowadays, who would be the romance writer? Like, Nicholas Sparks, definitely, but I dropped off of his stuff. I think it was, I couldn't even finish The Best of Me. I did finish it because it was, like, a short book. But I'm like, even after Dear John, it's like, okay, your books are, something's going on here. The character development is very weak. Which it felt like he used to be a little stronger in his previous books, like The Guardian, A Bend in the Road. What's the other one I liked? Um, the Rescuer, or The Rescue, I think. Those three are my faves. Especially The Guardian is my favorite, because it's got a dog in it. Um, but I love them. But I just felt like after Dear John, it just went downhill. And I'm like, I'm not getting anything from these characters. They're flat as cardboard. Or paper. I love <laughs> oh, she, uh, Kirstie says, now there's somebody who knows how to write a page turner, Daniel Steele. And Robert's like, oh yeah. And I love the look on Sam's face. Like, oh really? Oh, oh, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> and I do have the subtitles on. Let's, let's make it a little bit easier. And Kirstie's like, it's true, Roberta. The longer they're gone, the weirder they get. <laughs> okay, so Roberta gets up and says, you know, I just want to see you guys more. What's it been, like 10 years since you've been back? So yeah, it's been 10 years, so they're probably in their 30s now. And it's like, but think about it. You're in Indi Shelby, Indiana, right? Sam's in New York. Teeny's probably in California. Do you know how much airplane fare costs? I mean, I don't know what it was like in the 90s. I mean, it's not like you had to take your shoes off to get through sec security and all that stuff like you do nowadays and take, like, every piece of metal and every piece of whatever you have and everything. Uh, I did the stupid thing um, when we went to uh, South Carolina three years ago because we're going to be going home like, oh, I'm going to get myself a pop, right? Wrong. When I went through security, I didn't think about this. When I went through security, they're like, well, you can drink it now, or we can take it. And I'm like, take it. I'm not going to stand there in line and just suck down this 20-ounce Diet Coke. I forgot, like, oh, that's right, i got to get through security and then get my drink to board the plane. God, and that hadn't been my first rodeo. I think that might have been my third plane ride, probably. Gosh, I remember bringing my digital weight scale with me when uh, Jeremy and I went to his brother's wedding back in 2012 because I was so, I had to weigh myself every single day. I do it like every other, every couple days now, but back then I was like hardcore, like I have to have this with me. I need it. And of course, they had, like, uh, Jeremy just rolled his eyes when it's like, okay, what is this? It's a weight scale. Okay, here you go. You're clear to go. So this is the scene where 
you hear off screen how Roberta has chosen to live an alternative lifestyle and she lives in some with her boyfriend, but she's normal. So the fact that that doesn't line up, line up and they loop that in because she says uh, Roberta has chosen to live a quote-unquote alternative lifestyle. Living with your boyfriend is an alternative lifestyle? I don't think so. Because she says Roberta's chosen to live an alternative lifestyle before she says she lives in sin with her boyfriend. Oh my gosh, Chrissy is straight out. Would this be considered roasting somebody? She's like, okay, well, Roberta hasn't had four failed marriages or an endless series of monogamous relationships. Or wear black. I mean, she's happy. Why are you, will you invite your friends over after 10 years just to roast them while they're just hanging out and having a good time? <laughs> I'm sure Sam's like, now I know why I didn't want to come back here. <laughs> yeah, Chrissy seems like the type that is going to definitely point out your flaws for you. Whether you want to hear them or not. So according to Teeny, she's only technically been married three times because the first one was annulled. And of course, when I was like seeing this in the theater when I was like 13, I did not know what annulled mean. Some of those things, not many, but some did go over my head just a smidge. Like the whole hard-on thing that I'll get to later. Like I didn't know what the... I figured they were talking about a penis. But... I'm going to save that portion for when I get to that part. One thing I got to say about this movie going in is that the soundtrack is amazing. Not just the songs that they get, but because the time period of, you know, the, um, the 60s and stuff. But also just the instrumental, sc the score of the movie is just, it's cute and sweet. It just makes you feel like you're remembering, like, times of your own childhood with your friends. It's just absolutely adorable. It's great. Alright, so now we're gonna switch from 91 to 1970 sometime. And we still- D Demi Moore, who plays Sam, is gonna be the narrator throughout the entire movie. It's all gonna be from Sam's point of view. The first thing she says, Shelby, Indiana wasn't the most exciting place to grow up. Well, small towns, I mean, it always seems like that's the thing with small towns. Like, you're aching to get away as you get older. Like, you go off to college and stuff. You're like, I'm more than the small town. I want to spread my wings. And you go out and you do that. And it's almost like that small town, whenever you visit it, just seems that much But it's almost like it's calling you back home again. I... I can't see myself moving back to my hometown just because uh, there's really <laughs> there's really nothing there. I mean, yeah, you know, some family members and stuff, but other than that, it's like it's a small town, doesn't have a lot in way of jobs. Most people have to travel at least 20, 30 minutes or more to get to the next town to be able to, you know, work and stuff like that. And it's just... 
That's the thing, guys. Michigan winters are the worst. I, when I lived in my town, I had to, you know, travel to get to my job when I would work in, um, you know, Grand Rapids and stuff. And it was a pain in the butt. Michigan winters are some of the worst. And I've heard Minnesota winters are like a bazillion times worse. And they most likely probably are because they got like 30 feet of snow. Where you can't even walk outside your door because it's you're basically snowed in. I don't know. But I even at a young age, well, when I was a teenager, just ached. Just get out of this town. There's nothing here for me. Just that kind of feeling. I like how Sam says the most common cause of death before puberty was boredom. And we do get a shot of the girls on the swings. And she says, and in the days before MTV and Nintendo, because neither of these things existed just yet, we had to find ways to entertain ourselves. Now, I'll just tell you flat out, never had a Nintendo system growing up. Never had it. My grandparents had it at their house. And occasionally I would play, but it really, it wasn't huge on my radar. And by the time I was 18, I had like a Sega Genesis that I bought off my sister from her garage sale. They had a bunch of games with it. As far as MTV, I don't think, I didn't, I didn't get cable until I was 14. So, yeah, I didn't really watch a lot. I, I think I watched a bit of VH1. Like, in the morning before school, I watched, like, the countdown. They have, like, Jewel or Fleetwood Mac, because it was, like, 1998. Sam narrates how the summer of 1970 started, like, any summer. We got... Oh, it's kind of cool! We got Sam sitting on one of the swings, and then we got Teeny on the other. We got Roberta pushing both of them, which is kind of a resemblance of the before... The, you know, with them as adults, and then of course Chrissy is hanging out in the lawn lounge chair in the uh, backyard. Not, you know, she's not pregnant. She's got her hair up in pigtails. Cause school had ended, and they had three months of freedom ahead of them. Well, isn't it usually like eight weeks? Eight weeks of summer, right? I found out from my grandma last night. Like, um, the my cousin's kids are actually going to school August. 20th. If I were still in school, I'd probably be going back. When is August 20th? It's on a Tuesday? Okay. Oh, no. My birthday's on a weekend this year. Duh. Never mind. <laughs> I would have lucked out. I would have gotten lucky this year. So Sam says how, you know, freedom wasn't enough. They kind of wanted independence, a place to call their own. So that's why they're saving up for the big thing that they're going to talk about that's going to be uh, the main subject of the summer is the treehouse that they want to buy out of a catalog that costs like over a hundred and some dollars. I'll get to that when they're at the, the little um, the lunch place and they're all discussing like how much money they got, how much more they need, that kind of thing. So they're racing through Chrissy's house, and you're right. I, I mean, uh, Sam's right. It's like, yeah, it's a time warp. And even Teeny's like, it looks just like you did, it did when your mom lived here. And it does, down to a T, practically. 
Oh, wow. So they lived in this community, this new neighborhood of the Gaslight Edition. And it's a brand new pre-planned community. Like, pre-planned? So it's basically like a finished housing development center where all the houses... Well, not all of them look alike. There's a ranch-style house right there. They must have originally already been there. And they, like, just leave it. We'll build around it. You know, they probably could stand to retar that road. It looks pretty gross with its cracks. I mean, you got a nice housing development. Granted, so was it new, like, when they were born? It was brand spanking new. And then it's, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to analyze it. I'm sorry, guys. That's going to be the thing with Chrissy. The girls are already way ahead on their bikes. And Chrissy's like, hey, wait up for me. She says that a lot in this movie. And it's almost, it's kind of sad. It's kind of like they fat shame quite a bit with Chrissy in this movie. So now we're going to go to the first person. That's going to be Sam. And she's going to tell us a little bit about her life. We get a shot of her room. We hear her parents arguing. They clearly don't get along. It's a seems like a regular occurrence because her little sister comes in. And it's like, hey, her little sister's like four years old. This is Rumor Willis. This is Demi Moore's daughter in real life. Like, and she's like, can I, you know, sleep in your bed? Because, you know, they're fighting. And in this shot of Sam's room, we do get she is into, like, sci-fi. She's got the solar system. She's got, like, a, a little crystal globe. What's that book there? So I got the subtitles on as we hear... I'm tired of this. I don't want to hear it anymore. That's coming from Sam's dad, who he pretty much, like, jets out, like, as soon as possible. Like, this is probably the scene of him, and then, boom, he's gone. We don't see him again. So my guess is he's a guy, he works late all the time. He could be having an affair. We don't really know. But she, the Sam's mom has had enough. It's like, you're never home for the girls and me. He's like, you know what, I gotta leave, bye. So Sam lets us know in the narration that her parents have been fighting for as long as she can remember, which has probably been a long time. Even the her mom outside, you know, outside in the hall is just saying how they've been trying to work things out for years. He's tired, he doesn't want to do this anymore, he doesn't want to have the same damn conversation. <clears throat> and he just walks out. And Sam mentions how their fighting was almost like it was comfort and consistency, and she liked it better than the silence when they, like, didn't talk to each other. And I guess you can see that it is a Babysitter's Club book because we do, and faintly in shadow, you can make it out. The block lettering of, like, the little child blocks that has the Babysitter's Club title on the front of the book. That was in the trivia. So the next morning, we get a tranquil look of outside in the neighborhood. We got people leaving, probably heading for work. We got kids playing outside. It's summertime. Now we're going to move on to Roberta and Roberta's home life. She lives with her dad. Her mother passed away. She was killed in the car accident. And she is in the mirror. She's actually got measuring tape around her boobs. She's wearing a bra and she's complaining about her boobs getting bigger. Roberta's a tomboy. She doesn't want to have boobs. We do get a picture of her mother, which does look like it is an uncredited um, uh, Annette O'Toole. If they made... I want to find out when sports bras were invented because this is your typical... 
you know, white strap bra, you know, the uncomfortable kind that you throw in the wash and then the straps get all tangled and everything and how the, the little hooks and stuff would like kind of like grind into your back. It's like, no, that's why I did away with that crap. I'm like, no, sports bras all the way. You don't have to be a jogger to wear a sports bra. They're a lot easier. You slip them on, you go. Alright, so here's what I found out. <clears throat> the first commercially available sports bra was the Free Swing Tennis Bra, introduced by whoever in 1975. The first general exercise bra, initially called a jock bra, was invented in 1977. Gotcha. Alright, well, good for that. See, you weren't that far out from wearing a sports bra if you wanted to, uh, Roberta. Okay, her boobs are not humongous. Sir, I mean, maybe to her because she's a tomboy. But she looks like maybe a B cup. It's not like she's a double D size, which would not be good. Because she, I can't even begin to imagine how much pain that would be on your back. She's using masking tape to tape them down. Didn't they have ace bandages back then? Where, you you know, the cloth kind that you could just wrap around yourself to make yourself completely flat-chested? So not only is she trying to tape her boobs down, now she's got the masking tape going against her skin, which is gonna hurt when you pull it off. She must have to do this every day. She probably bought stock in masking tape. Um, so Sam kind of gives us an overview of Roberta's life. Everyone, she pretty much is examining their lives from her own opinion. Clearly, Roberta's an animal lover because she does have a dog calendar. Oh, looks like she must be musical, too. She plays music. She's got a guitar in the corner. She definitely, you know, she plays sports. She's got a baseball mitts and a baseball and a, or maybe it's a softball, um... The Brady Bunch album. Oh, she's also got a, tr a few trophies. She's got a horse statue figurine. I'm not sure what that thing down there is. Oh, there's a picture of her with the girls. That black and white photo. I love how her dog... Oh, yeah, she's definitely a dog lover. She's got a dog hanging out. Her dog's hanging out on the bed watching her tape her boobs for the umpteenth billionth time. I'm sure her dog's like, here we go again every morning with this clearly routine. We... Tape the boobs before we start our day. So we hear Roberta's dad yell at her to move her butt because breakfast, her breakfast is getting cold. Oh, there's a little sock monkey with the big lips. Okay, we learned that it's her dad and three older brothers and her mom died when she was only four. So if she's 12 or 13 now, that means her mom's been gone for seven or eight years. And Sam mentions Roberta takes a picture of her mom wherever she goes, slips it in her back pocket. Never left the house without, without it. Her brothers, all three of them, are rustling. How much older are they, though? They don't look that much older, like maybe 14, 15? Alright, now we're moving on to Teeny, who's got a really cool... It's not a lava lamp, but it looks like one of those, like... Uh, not a crystal lamp, but uh, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Uh, she also has a picture of James Dean. She's got many pictures. I think there's one of uh, Marilyn Monroe. 
Looks like some album color covers. We got some pictures of guys, maybe Donny Osmond, stuff like that. Oh, Tinny is definitely stuffing her bra. She's wearing like this bright polyester dress. She's got the lipstick on to match. She's pretending she, right away, you can tell she wants to be a movie star. Because she's practicing for her interview. She's got an A-track player. Her bedroom is like pinks and oranges and maybe some light yellow here and there. It's really beautiful and bright. Now, is she wearing a retainer there? Because she had to take something out of her mouth. So, yeah, she's just practicing about, you know, if she won an award. And, like, the interviewers, like, always ask. To win an Academy Award at such a young age is such a major accomplishment. Where will you go from here? Let me guess. Now she wants to direct. Oh, she's got a TV also. Oh, there's a beautiful white cat. And Sam... Let's us know. Teeny's parents are country clubbers. They're basically never around. She's got the place to herself, just hanging out, practicing interviews for her big day when she finally makes it as a movie star. And Sam says, typical upbringing for actors and pathological liars. Oh, yeah, because um, Teeny likes to uh, stretch the truth a bit. All right, now we move on to Chrissy, who if you thought Teeny's room was cool with the orange, Chrissy's room has been dipped in Pepto-Bismol. It is wow. And she's doing the Marsha Brady brushing the, the hair like a hundred times on each side. She's up to 93. She's got her whole uh, little uh, makeup station here. She's got the three mirrors so she can see herself from every angle. She's got perfume, lip gloss, lipstick, you name it. She's got it there. Oh my goodness! What is her mother wearing? Get rid of that giant pink bow on that polyester flower dress. It is gross. It is just... Ugh. I mean, just... You can remove it, right? Just cut it off. Right? You can do that? Because that does not do it any favors. If you have to put the bow in the back, just above the butt, it'll look just as ridiculous, but at least we won't have to look at it. See, Chrissy's room, she's also got a record player with some records. She's got a, a nice little shelf that's got pretty dolls and doll figurines. I like how her mother is trying to, like, respect her motherly boundaries as far as, like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to come, I was supposed to knock first, wasn't I? Because she crosses the threshold into Chrissy's room, and she's like, oh, sorry, honey, can I come in? I don't think Chrissy's really going, I'm not saying Chrissy is simple-minded by any means. She's definitely partially Im impressionable, but... I really don't think if she, she's going to care if... She's only, what, 12? She hasn't hit the full teen... Give it a few years. She's like, Mom, stay out of my room! Knock first! She hasn't reached that level yet. And based on Chrissy's personality is that we see her as an adult, too, not much changes. She's very critiquing when it comes to other people's lives. Can it play with the thing closed, though? Because her mom's like, oh, honey, keep this closed. Records get dusty. But it 
was playing music a second ago. If you close the lid, does it stop playing? And how can you hear it? Maybe it wasn't playing music. That could be. Bonnie Hunt, your lipstick matches that bow. <laughs> okay, clearly I get what Bonnie Hunt as Chrissy's mother is trying to do. She's like, clearly she wants to talk about something important, but she's like, oh, honey, keep this close. Oh, the canopy, is it supposed to go up or down? It should technically be down. I mean, if the rest of it is down, it should be down. Do you know what I would love? Not just a book, a bed made out of like, um, you know, books and stuff, but I would love, oh, Jeremy's back. That was a quick haircut. Got a haircut, Dave? So at one point, Chrissy had went to her mom to ask her about sex. And her mother's like, oh, I was thinking about what you asked me. And then Chrissy says, oh, about sex. And the way she says it so casually, it's like, oh, that's very scary for mommy. It's like, why? Because she wants to know what sex is or she can say it without stuttering? Okay, um, she's like 12, 13. Isn't Chrissy a little old to be calling her mom mommy? But then again, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe people have their own preference on what they call their mother. My god! The way that she delivered that line is almost like she was uncomfortable saying it. Like, sorry, mommy. <laughs> okay, um, her mother feels that Chrissy is too young to be informed. She is 12! If she isn't informed by then, when is she going to be informed about sex? Is she going to go off to college knowing nothing about sex and something will happen to her? She'll get knocked up by somebody? She needs to know the facts. And she looks old enough to probably have already started her period by now. So wouldn't you want her to know? And she's like, well, you sent your friends or trash mouths. I figured I'd give it to you straight. You know, the facts and everything. And she uses a potted plant as an analogy for sex and saying like, oh, a vagina's like a plant and it needs a big hose or a small hose, to, as long as it works, to water it. So it doesn't matter the size of the quote unquote hose, it's gonna work. As long as it works, it'll be good. And we hear Samantha saying how because of this whole plant sex anatomy analogy, Chrissy is going to become obsessed with gardening as a result of this conversation. Yikes. Interesting how Bonnie Hunt is a blonde, but Chrissy is a straight up redhead. So that's gotta come from her dad has gotta be a redhead. Because she is like deep auburn red hair. Like there is no denying that she has red hair. Okay, so she says that all women have a garden, and a garden needs a big hose to water it, or a small hose. Alright, now we get a shot of the Wormers, and center stage, right here we got Devin Sawa wearing my favorite color, red. They're on their bikes. They're kind of a holy terror in the neighborhood. And then Sam kind of says how everyone in the neighborhood felt sorry for their mother. What, because these kids are rotten little shitheads? This kid can't even afford a basket for his bike. He's got a cardboard box taped against the front of it. Lame. Actually, the boy in the green shirt, let me look him up real quick, but he also played in another Devin Sawa movie called Little Giants. The boy's name is Travis Robertson, who is actually 
not a year older than me, but he was born in 1981. Granted, Devin Sawa was born in... Actually, Devin Sawa's got a birthday next month. I think it's like September 7th or 8th. Let me check. Let's see. 7th, 1978. And what's kind of funny is when I would read these teen magazines, I'd always see, like, because I was born in 82, Devin is born in 78, so it, like, puts four years between us. And I'm like, no, he would you know, that's a fantasy. Like, oh, the movie star is older than me, but it won't matter. Age won't make a difference. And I end up marrying someone who is seven years older than me, which is funny. Okay, so Travis Robertson. He was in, the first thing he was in was in Little Giants. He played young Kevin, so he played young Ed O'Neill. So his character, as a, his, the actor and Devin Sawa never would have had any screen time together. He was in Nickelodeon Guts, a video game that came out in 94. It just says The Wormers. And the only one that actually has a name is Devin Sawa's character, Scott. Um, the Babysitter Seduction. This kid plays Jeff Winston. Mystery Files of Shelby Woo. He played Benny Boylan. And All Shook Up, he played Corey Tams. Don't know what those things are. But then he dropped off the face of the earth. So, I, IMDb doesn't say that he's dead. So he's most likely very much alive. So, like the girls, the Wormer brothers also had a summer goal, which was to make the girls miserable. We find out later that they have balloons filled with jello, green jello. I love how Devin, well, we'll call him Scott. Scott's got, like, a raccoon tail hanging up, uh, like an antenna off of his bike. Dang it, maybe he wasn't the one in the green shirt, Travis Robertson. Maybe it was the kid on the other side. I can't tell. I'll know more when I eventually cover Little Giants for the podcast. And I will eventually cover Little Giants for the podcast. Those houses look beautiful. Of course, Christina Ricci. (laughs) I got Roberta. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I don't mean to call them by their actual names. Their character names. She's like, hey, wormy wormers. And of course, the guy's halt their bikes and just start throwing balloons with green jello. As one's like, oh, hit the deck! And they're on the ground. It's like, oh, it's jello! Because one hits, like, Chrissy right in the face. And Chrissy, of course, most of the time she always has her hair in pigtails. Like, throughout the majority of this movie. But Roberta tries to chase after them. Of course, she trips over her shoes and, boom, lands right on that asphalt. Because the guy's like, as soon as they see Roberta starting to come forward and run after them, like, alright, let's get the hell out of here now. Stat. So, yeah. Roberta's like, hey, we owe you wormers and we always pay our debts. Of course, Scott's gonna turn around and say, yeah, like, we're really afraid of a bunch of girls. Roberta's like, you should be. Oh, typical boy-girl fashion at that age where they hate each other. But they secretly like each other. Alright, now the girls are off on their own adventure on their bikes. Because, you know, they're like 12 years old and they don't have driver's licenses yet. Man, wouldn't it be cool to see them, like, in high school? Driving around with their license just hanging out? Oh my gosh, would that be awesome. We see the courthouse where a couple just got married. We have somebody who 
is probably the matron of honor and like a best man. Some you know witnesses for the ceremony, and the matron of honor is holding a baby. Whose baby is that? Is that the bride's? That that very well maybe I bet it's the bride's. But like they had a baby out of wedlock. You got to go down to the courthouse. You got to get married. Again with a bow on the dress. It's ugly as sin. Gross. I don't care if it was the Times. It's nasty. So I noticed that there's a Sears, but it's just a, a like a small space. So is that like the beginning of what Sears would be later on? I don't know. There's also a Reynolds like repair shop. Even in 1970, like looks, uh, baked ham was 85 cents. Chicken salad was 75. Grilled cheese 55. Roast beef, what well, looks like 85 cents. See, uh, some ice cream cones. Basically, the girls are just at a nice little diner. All right, so the girls are hanging out in um, a corner booth. Well, actually, it's not so much a corner, but it's like right in front of that giant window. And, of course, Teeny is reading a Cosmo magazine out loud, giving her friends, like, alright, your idea for play is A. Candlelit dinner and moonlit walk on the beach, which is, you know, something, you know, nice and typical. B, making out on a bearskin rug at a local mountain cabin. C, watching a sexy movie. Or D, all of the above. Mind you, this is... An idea of foreplay is a candlelit dinner, a walk on the beach, watching a sexy movie, or whatever the other stuff that she just said. <laughs> Be oh, making love on a bearskin rug in a remote cabin somewhere in the woods or wherever. Yeah, that's a great way to... <laughs> that's how every horror movie starts. Or D, all of the above. So Chrissy, of course, she's counting the money to see kind of where they're at with putting money away for, you know, the treehouse they want to get at the end of summer. Samantha chooses B, which is making love on a bearskin rug in a remote cabin in the woods somewhere. Of course, because Sam would be into the supernatural and the whole horror, like, oh, we could be... So in a secluded cabin somewhere far in the woods or in the mountains where no one can find us and we can make love on a disgusting bearskin rug that's probably covered in dust. Roberta, of course, <laughs> comes up with her own. E, none of the above, because she's not into boys yet. Oh, right behind her it says Shelby... What is that underneath? I think it says luncheon, like luncheonette or something. Tinny, you always stuff your boobs every single day you go out. Well, I mean, if she doesn't want, she got to keep up the illusion that you still have, like, big boobs, right? B with, yeah, she also picks B with the making love on a bearskin rug. Definitely A, Chrissy says, which is candlelit dinner walking hand in hand on the beach. Which, surprise, surprise there, Chrissy picked the safest, most easy thing you could do that doesn't include sex. Of course, no surprise, Teeny picks D. All of the above, she wants to do all of that in one night. Yeah, definitely, you know. Go have a romantic dinner. Go on the beach. Go watch a sexy movie. Go and then to finish off the night, you can make love on a bearskin rug. That would be, like, 
an amazing date for somebody who wants to do all of that in one night. I mean, that's a whole day right there. That's a whole day planned out date. Alright, we got $107.24. How much more do they need? So we see the Sears Treehouse ad. New quick assembly. It's $129.95 cash. Or you can pay $15 monthly installments over a period of time. So it says, do it yourself. Backyard Treehouse. There's a lot of ones and a lot of change there, but I also see like maybe a couple 20s and a five. That's not bad. They only need 23 more dollars. Like, heck. So Teeny is definitely down to have a slumber party the first night that they get it and they get it all set up and everything. Well, they're not going to set it up. Chrissy's dad. It's got a, it's a tree house. It's got to go in a tree. Okay, this is where we get a load of Sam's mom, who is single and ready to make... Well, in her mind, she's single. She's still married. She's not fully divorced yet, but she is out to mingle. As the girls all look at Sam's mom, who is dressing like Nancy Sinatra, so that means the short shorts, and the knee-tall boots, those shorts... Barely cover her vagina. Like, barely. Okay, and those boots actually come just below her kneecap. So they're not, like, over-the-knee boots. Oh, yeah, I bet she looks so grand in that station wagon. <laughs> this is 1970, so station wagons were in at the time. We're like, ew, you're having a station wagon? Nasty. <laughs> Your Nancy Sinatra clothes aren't going to save you there. Oh, some guy's into it because he whistles like, <laughs> like, ooh, check out that hot mama. Sam, of course, says she had no idea why, but her mom began to dress like Nancy Sinatra. Well, she's probably like, well, if my husband's going to cheat on me and then he moves out, I'm going to go get me some. I know I'm a single mother of two, but I want to I wanna get out there. I want to mingle. I want to see what's out there. So we see that just across from the restaurant they're in, the movie theater is showing Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. What's that movie? Okay, that movie came out exactly in 1970. Three girls come to Hollywood to make it big, but find only sex, drugs, and sleaze. Great. So, are you sure not a porno theater? Is that just a regular movie? Russ Meyer. This has got to be a guy. Oh, this guy died in uh, 2004. He looks like a pervert. He just got that pervert face. Although his films objectified women and often displayed female sexuality and nudity, his films have a cult following among gay men and are popular among them, especially Faster Pussycat, Kill Kill. Is that one movie or two? Oh, Faster Pussycat. And is Kill Kill separate from that? Um, I don't pretend to, uh, some quote from this guy. I don't pretend to be some kind of sensitive artist. Shut up, you perverted freak. Ugh. Nothing against adult films, as long as they're being, you know, the women are treated with respect, which sadly they really weren't in those types of films. They were made to be objects, and that is very, very wrong. So, as Tina's like, oh my gosh, Sam, your mom is so cool! Sam's like, uh, yeah, about, anyway, um, hey, look, it's a full moon tonight, let's go to the cemetery, it's a festival of spirits where they come back to haunt the living, let's go do a seance. That's their thing, you know, it's the summertime, you stay out late, go to the cemetery, no one's gonna bug you there, 
I see that uh, Willadine, played by Jeannie Garofalo, has got these black cows. It's, they're basically, all they are is just ice cream made with Diet or not Diet Coke, because Diet Coke did not exist yet for at least another decade. But it's just Coca-Cola. A buck sixty, huh? Okay, so it's got to be like 40 cents each. And she calls them boys. Well, that's really no different than someone, like, saying to a girl, like, Hey, guys, how's it going? It's like, you're not calling them guys like they're men. You're just saying, hey, what's up, guys, people, humans, whatever. I mean, I guess if you want to say, hey, girls, what's happening? I mean, you can, but... Of course, Chrissy's got to be the one, like, we're girls. And the girl takes, uh, Willadine takes the money from him. She's like, yeah, I know you are. Trying to get that those tips, guys. She's got to be as you know, customer service friendly as she allows herself to be. Oh, of course, Teeny goes into this, hey, what do you expect? She's a witch because Chris is like, oh my gosh, she is like so off. She's got like, uh, the, the dark mascara, eyeliner and stuff. She's got the dark, like, shaggy hair. It's like, yeah. She's into voodoo dolls, apparently. And one looks just like their principal, Mr. Winters, and there's a needle sticking right in his heart. As Teeny says, she saw it as she was on her way to school, like, the morning that the principal had his heart attack. Yeah, I saw that voodoo doll that looked just like him. And there's a needle right in his heart. If that's even the case, why would Willadine, unless she had a relationship with said principal, or maybe this principal sold that Willadine had him when she was a teenager, and she just hated him so much that she wanted to see him die. I don't know. I'm just drawing conclusions that make no sense. So Chrissy Everton and the naysayers like, this is never going to work the sands that you want to do. And Sam says because it's a full moon, it's the one night where the spirits come to mingle with the living. The barrier between the dead and the living can be broken. Is this like the same barrier like in Pet Cemetery? Like the barrier must not meant to be broken. Lewis. That is better. Okay, that's enough. So Sam's got the Encyclopedia of Supernatural Phenomena. She would love that X-Files show, wouldn't she? She would eat that up! Or even, what about that Supernatural show? I've only seen a handful of episodes. I couldn't really, I mean, it was alright and everything, but, uh, but yeah, she would love that stuff. What about, um, let's show the Outer Limits? Isn't that kind of about, no, um, what's that other one? Um, that Twin Peaks show. She'd be into that stuff. So, Teeny reads the scores. Roberta got something about her womanhood emerging and how she's on the verge of, a, like, a volcano ready to erupt. Like, she wants it, she wants it now. Which, Roberta's like, that's a bunch of bullshit. That's crap. I don't believe any of it. Okay, so this is a quiz of all the other questions that we didn't get, are not privy to, that kind of decided what kind of people they are. So, Samantha, you walk the fine line between romanticism and sex appeal. Don't be afraid to take the plunge. So, Roberta is a woman on the verge. Though your sensuality is yet to be tapped, it is like a volcano ready to erupt. Ooh. Teeny's like, whoa, everybody look up for Roberta. Oh, of course, Chrissy's is plain and simple. This is you to a T, sweetheart. Let go of your inhibitions before you dry up like a prune. 
course, Chrissy's like, what's that supposed to mean? Roberta, I don't get it. All the girls just laugh like, <laughs> Sam and Roberta both are like, <laughs> she doesn't get it. As in you're clinging to your baby ways and you need to like slowly like put your foot over that threshold into teendom. Teeny, you are a sexual magnet, attracting men from the four corners of the world. Pace yourself and, ooh, Teeny loves that. She looks up like, oh yeah, that's me, all right. <laughs> okay, this is the point where Sam's dad just leaves. What an asshole. Is that his hot rod out there? He's got some souped up red looking, I'm going through my midlife crisis. Because you see, it's like right behind that station wagon that uh, her mom was out cruising around in. Yeah, I bet that's what that, that guy's like. Oh, I got two kids. I'm not hot anymore. I got a cool car. I'm banging my secretary, but my wife's kind of getting in the middle of this, so I gotta bounce. So he says, I'll get the rest of my things when the girls are out of the house. How's that gonna make it any better? They know you fight. They hear you. And her mother is just begging him, like, don't leave me. He's like, I think we're past that point. And he says, this just isn't working. Come on, when that guy is, like, through, like, wanting to be a bachelor for a while, he's gonna want to come back. I mean, come on. What, the women are you that you're gonna be with, they're gonna spend all your money that you're making, and then they're gonna dump your ass. Like, oh, it was fun for a while, bye. Oh, by the way, I'm taking your car with me. This guy has got a souped up car. It's got black racing. It's red with black racing stripes on the hood. <laughs> Who does this guy think he is? What a loser. You know that he's the one that's bringing in all the money. It's like, ugh, great. Apparently it's not that warm out at like whatever time this is supposed to be. Because of course Chrissy's like, I'm cold. Is anyone else freezing too? So they got the candles going. Of course, Roberta gives up her. Looks like a rain jacket. It's made out of that, like, plastic, like a shower curtain, basically. It's like, oh, do I look fat in this? And of course, Teeny's like, you are fat. And Chrissy's like, Roberta, am I fat? It's like, how do you expect that to keep you warm? It's just a thin, like, plastic material. May as well just be wearing a shower curtain for as much as that'll give you any warmth. So Teeny wants to contact Marilyn Monroe. Unfortunately, she didn't cooperate last time. They're right in front of the grave that says Dear Johnny, who was a young boy who was about their age at one point, who was killed. Like, hey, let's find out how he died. So, Sam says a special chant, you know, protect us while we venture into the spirit world, and, like, protect us from evil and all that stuff. And, like, Johnny, we know you were a child when you died. Please tell us how you died, Johnny. We only want to hear your story. Tell us. Of course, Chrissy is, like, rock slowly rocking bath and back and forth. Like, he's here. He wants to tell us his story, but he's afraid, and he's cold and alone. And Sam's like, Sam is buying it. Like, oh, tell him, don't be afraid. It's all right. We just want to talk to him. And Roberta is a little like, uh, Sam, maybe we shouldn't have done this. Because now we have a friend that's like possessed by this dead kid. 
Oh, she, Chrissy's like, he's all by himself. He's lonely. He needs a friend. And the girls are kind of, the girls are looking at each other like, is this real? Is it not real? Should we stop? And Samantha is like really like believing, like she's really like trying to raise him with supposedly Chris, uh, Chrissy being taken over by Johnny's spirit. Finally, Roberta just pulls back like, okay, this is bullshit, clearly. And Chrissy finally is like rocking back. She's rocking back. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, fuck you. And good for Roberta. She punches her right in the arm. You bitch. Why the hell did you, you pull that little stunt? And she, oh, I'm sorry, you guys, but you're so gullible. I'm like, you want to talk about gullible girl? You believe that a flower is a vagina and a hose is a penis because your mom told you. Yeah. Until lightning strikes all of a sudden there's rain and Chrissy like books it the fuck out of like It's fine, she deserves it. She just fooled you guys. But then again you were only probably only half believing that. Oh it's almost like okay the girls it's it's pouring down rain now. The girls are like running after Chrissy. Sam stops, turns back and she sees what looks like a skeleton arm like pointing in the direction of probably dear Johnny's grave. Or headstone. Oh for heaven's sake the girls see this legend, well, legend, they call him Crazy Pete, because he, like I said earlier, he's this guy that really, he looks, you know, he's got, you know, a great shaggy stringy hair, and he only comes out at night, and they don't, you know, he prefers to come out at night because people don't really want him, they don't want to see him during the day, which... It's a sad story, which we'll get into later about how this whole thing, you know, with him is connected. Yeah, you kind of feel sad for him. He's just, you know, he's on a bike. He doesn't drive. Those brakes or whatever need some oil in them because that is like... As he's riding along. And he's just riding past them, not talking to them, minding his own business. Just going on, like, he doesn't even see them. But they're like, oh my gosh, let's cut through the field. Why? It's because they've created, like, this spooky legend with this guy. And that, like, oh, if you cross his path, you'll get bad luck or something. Or he'll kill you or whatever. I don't think it helps him that you're running and screaming. They're running in the dark, mind you. I don't see any flashlights. It's pitch black outside. But they probably cover that ground so many times they can walk it in their sleep. So, because Sam sees something on her, a shadow on her wall, she's like, alright, gotta get the girls together. So, she so they got some elaborate little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, set up here with, like, the cans and the string and the bell and everything to kind of alert, like, hey, meet me, because we gotta talk about what I just saw in my bedroom. Oh, there's also flashlights involved in this, too. We need a secret meeting. Like, we just got home and went to bed. You kidding me? I'm like, you don't need to go back to the cemetery. Just lay in your beds and talk to one another. So they get back there. They see dear Johnny's headstone as, like, cracked three different ways. And Tina's like, oh my gosh, we did it. We actually freaking did it. We brought him back from the dead. Well, from his grave as a ghost. That scares the shit out of me. <laughs> They're just Sam's like he's back and we brought him here. Then all of a sudden, boom! Out of nowhere, a damn bird just jumps right at them. Like, are you? F oh shit! That scared the hell out of me. And they run off screaming. 
I love how they can run through a cemetery with plots everywhere and headstones and not trip over anything. All right, so now this has come into not just the treehouse saving. Now we're on a mission to find out about Dear Johnny because they feel that they, you know, talk to him via a psychic connection and he's back in this world. He wants us to find out how he died. He wants us to solve his murder, which... It's a fun mission. So, Sam comes out. The girls are all sucking on push pops, which I loved the Flintstones orange cream push pops. I don't even think there's any other flavor other than the orange cream. Maybe like raspberry or cherry or something. I'm not sure. But Sam comes out and it looks like that library had a fire, so everything at some point was destroyed. And whatever they had left had to move to, the archives had to move to another library. Okay, everything before 1948 is lost in the fire. Gotcha. Oh, I see. Yeah, that ice cream truck is right by that movie theater that's right by that library. Everything is, like, right within walking distance. Like, that movie theater is right across the street from that diner that they were at. Okay, so Mrs. Uh, Greenfield says that, uh, or Miss Wendy says the Greenfield Library carries copies of all of the newspapers. I love how the girls are carrying that Hillbro's coffee can with all that hundred and some dollars. Girls, somebody could steal that from you and you would be screwed. You would not get that tree house. Chrissy's house would be the safest place to put. I mean, seriously, Roberta, you got three older brothers. I would not trust them to not steal from you. Granted, Teeny, maybe, I mean, her parents are, like, never home. Sam, I don't see why, maybe her little sister, her sister's, like, four years old. Where is she going to spend $100? Oh, yeah, remember how you had to, like, pound the, the little plastic stick to get the push pop to go up so you could actually lick it? So how far is this Greenfield play, library place? Because Chris is like, we can't ride our bikes all that way. Well, how far is it? And apparently, Chrissy is vetoed out. They are, in fact, going to do that. They're going to ride their bikes there. It's going to be a journey. It's going to be a discovery. They're going to learn things. They're going to have adventures along the way. This is their stand-by-me journey. Well, part of it. Oh, it's funny. None of those girls are wearing socks with shoes. They're just... But then again, I haven't been wearing socks with shoes in a while either. It's just... It's easier because sometimes it's like when it's hot out, you're wearing socks, you take the socks off. It's like, oh, they're wet or they're icky because, you know, your feet sweat. Okay, I never attempted to put my feet up on the handlebars like Chrissy is doing. But then again, those girls have, they don't have 10 speeds. They have the bikes where it was nice. It was like the padded pedals, like... Instead of, like, can you imagine the metal ones? Oh my gosh, and those things would, like, hit you in the shins, and they got, like, spikes on them. I hated those things. Uh, the 10 the speeds. These are the ones that are so great, because for brakes, all you gotta do is hit that back pedal, and you're good. What's interesting is the fact, like, some people would always, like, like, hey, look at me, I can do it with no hands. I tried that a couple times, did not work. But what kills me is that seeing people talking on their cell phone. 
on their bike. Wow, that, wow, that's a skill. I wouldn't attempt it myself, I don't have a bike anymore. The last bike I bought, I remember thinking, I'm not hardly gonna ride this thing, and I didn't, and they ended up like selling it for like $50, so, or 40 bucks. Okay, the girls make a pit stop at Smith's Grocery, they've got some sodas here, so they can get something to drink. Hey, at least they came prepared, unlike the boys in Stand By Me, who are just walking along the train tracks, and then they realize, did anyone bring something to eat? I'm, like, hungry here. Like, oh, no, no, none of us brought any food. Like, are you fucking kidding me? None of you brought- Even Vern did not bring any food, but these girls brought a little sack lunch for everyone. You know, sandwiches and stuff like that. Maybe some chips. How many sodas do they have? One, two, three, four... How many do they have? There's, like, some Coca-Colas, but, I mean, there's only four girls there. But there's also some orange sodas, so... There's six drinks, but there's only four girls, so two girls are going to get more than one drink. Teeny, of course, was like, oh, Roberta, how big are your boobs? Can we see your boobs? And Roberta's basically like, fuck off, you're not seeing my boobs. Because they're playing truth or dare, and that was a whole, hey, can we see your boobs? Or how big are they? And, of course, Teeny's like, wait, she has to say, right, Sam? And Sam's like, well, not if she doesn't want to, she doesn't have to. No one's forcing you. Teeny, why are you so desperate to see Roberta's boobs? Because Roberta's... Teeny's like, can we see them? And Roberta's like, no, you can't see them. What? You weird... Yeah, weirdo! Oh, yeah, I noticed, Teeny, you don't have any real ones because you're flat-chested. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> And Roberta's like, yeah, well, once you get them, you'll hate them. Like, I doubt it. And we even learn later on that she does have a, a, um, a breast implants later on. So there's nothing wrong with it. If that's what you want to do, that's your business. How many rag magazines are you reading, Teeny? She's like, oh, you're lucky, Roberta. Men love boobs when they're big. Like, oh, God. Oh, she does have <laughs> I thought she didn't have them for a second. She did not have those there a second ago. But I was like, oh, look how big mine are today. And she pulls them out. Like, oh, yeah, they almost look real. And she's like, oh, the, the balloons are filled with pudding to give it a more realistic, lifelike texture. Well, she got the idea from the wormers who were throwing, you know, the balloons with jello. Yeah, jello's too jiggly, I agree. A heavier, more realistic texture. So yeah, truth or dare, this fun game that gets you to- None of the girls choose dare, they always choose truth. Have you ever been French kissed, Chrissy? And she's like, gross, no, I don't want to get pregnant. It's like, uh, you can't get pregnant from kissing. So apparently, it's common knowledge that if you tongue kiss a boy, he automatically thinks you'll do the deed with him. They can't help it, they're driven. It's the male curse, apparently. The girls are looking at each other like, uh, okay, this is like the first time hearing of this. Where do you get your information from? Okay, her mother is clearly feeding her this info. And, uh, Teeny looks over at uh, Sam, who's next to Chrissy, like, okay, you gotta ask her what the deed is. Like, what's, uh, what's the deed there, Chrissy? And, of course, Chrissy's like, uh, planting the seed and watering the flower? I mean, that's how it works, right? The man takes his hose and watering can and sprinkles it on the flower. And the girls are like, 
uh, okay, yeah, right, yep, whatever you say, Chrissy, you keep on believing that. Like, girls, you need to school her on what is what, because that is not the way to go into being a teenager and adulthood, of thinking, like, that's how, that's how it works. No. Your mom tried and failed, Chrissy. You need some other girls who would know about that kind of thing. So Chrissy, of course, wants to take a break. The girls were like, look, we haven't ridden that far since lunch. We need to, like, kind of keep it moving. Uh, there's an, a, a barn somewhere on this property that's right underneath this tree that has a bird in it. And it shits in Chrissy's hair. It's like, oh my gosh, look at bird. Oh, it took a shit. Oh my god, look, it landed in Chrissy's hair. Ew! And, of course, Chrissy freaks out. Roberta's like, all right, let me see. And she's checking, like, it. the poop landed in Chrissy's pigtails. And uh, one of them. And Roberta's like, it's <laughs> runny. I can't do anything about it. And Roberta, Chrissy's all like, get it out, get it out. It's like, I can't. <laughs> so, basically, they go to a pond so she can wash out her hair. Ugh. You had to park your bikes right under that tree that haven't had a bird that took a shit. Well, I, yeah. How funny that, well, that's not really funny, it's kind of cruel, that Chrissy seems to be the butt of every damn joke between these three. There always feels like they're kind of, it's gang up on Chrissy day. Of course, Chrissy leans over too far, and boom, she falls in. The girl's like, hey, let's swim in this. We're not going to get leeches, unlike those other boys who got leeches. But we're not going to get it because this is just a simple man-made little pond with no leeches. Oh my god, good thing that didn't turn into this. That this didn't turn into that leeches scene because that would be no 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 no. I mean, the girls are like 12, 13. We don't need them stripping off their tops. Oh, what starts as a, oh, Teeny's like, here, let me splash water at Samantha. And then they start getting into a little splash fight. Chrissy falls in, it's like... Okay, this is where Roberta's gonna jump onto a tree that is just hanging over this pond. Like, I'm gonna go and jump into the water from this tree. And the girls are like, no, don't, it's too shallow. Was that water extremely cold for the girls when they were filming? Because all of a sudden it's like, Chris is like, oh my gosh, it's too cold, ah! Here's the part where they're looking for Roberta. Like, where is she? Where'd she go? She hasn't surfaced yet. They look. All of a sudden, they start screaming because Roberta's body comes up. She's face down in the water. They pull her out. And then Teeny and Sam are like, oh my gosh, what? you do CPR. You do, you, you do the uh, chest compressions. I'll do the mouth to mouth. And they're fighting. And Chrissy is finally like, get out of my way. My best friend is unconscious. I will take care of this. So Sam is like, you do mouth to mouth and I'll do CPR. So uh, chest compressions, basically. Chrissy gets right up there and pushes both girls out of the week. I will take care of this. Of course, as Chrissy bends down to give Roberta mouth to mouth, Roberta's got a mouthful of water that she spits in Chrissy's face. Like, it's great to know who you tr your true friends are. Chrissy here is the only, and boom, Chrissy is so pissed off. Like, you bitch, I will, <sighs> punches her right in the face. And Christina Ricci, who plays Roberta, was supposed to move her head. She didn't. 
And they had to shut down production for a few days because she had a black eye. So Chrissy's like, don't you ever do that to me again. Ever. And you see Roberta holding her face like, god damn. It was a joke. And Chrissy's like, I, I will hit you. I would hit you. I would hit you again for this saying that it was a joke. Well, apparently this is a thing with Roberta. Like, last time she had jumped off her roof and pretended to fall- she fell and pretended to break her neck. Like, in a way that, yeah, maybe she is trying to deal with her mother's death by making death funny for her. Which, that's a weird-ass way to- to do that. I mean, wow. Well- not many people, if, if they was a parent, are gonna go, Hey, let's make fun of death. I'm gonna pretend I jumped off my house and broke my neck. Or I'm gonna jump into a shallow stream and float to the the top and pretend that I drowned. Like, what in the hell? So, Chrissy walks off. She's pissed off. And, of course, she's just like, Ugh. Roberta's like, look, Chrissy, appreciate that you do would do the whole mouth to mouth thing for me. That really meant a lot. It's like, don't don't do that, Roberta. Okay, just promise you won't ever do that again. And of course, you're like, oh, hell of a right hook you got there. And then we get that Roberta don't swear. So we hear a little commotion going on across the way. Like, oh, what is that commotion? Apparently, the Wormer Bros decided to take advantage of. The nearby swimming hole. That is not a pond. That is a man-made lake. Never mind. It's a leech-free lake. How about that? And yeah, I gotta tell you about this. I heavily paused the scene as a teenager on VHL the time. Because I was 13. I want to see some penis. You know? I was curious. And it was Devin. Of course, the girls are peeking over along, like, oh my gosh, the naked wormers. So they're looking, all of a sudden, Tina's like, oh my gosh, guys, I saw his penis and the balls. And of course, Sam and Roberta are like, who's? And Tina's like, Scott's. So of course, Roberta and, and Sam are like, oh, we gotta check this out. And like, woohoo. Of course, Kersey is like, I guess I have to look now because his penis is going to be the talk of the summer. So if I don't look, you're basically forcing me to look. And if I don't, I'm going to feel like the odd person out. So Chrissy pretty much says, you're basically forcing me to look. And Sam's like, no one's forcing you to do anything. So Chrissy's like, all right, I'll look. I want to make this perfectly clear. I am looking under protest. And the other girl's like, yeah, right. <laughs> we know you want to. So Chrissy looks and because Scott does a backflip and of course you're going to get a view of his penis. She ducks down behind the log and looks at the other girls and says, it's not very big. And the other girls kind of laugh. It's like, well, it's not really supposed to be at this point. So Roberta kind of feels this like it's only big when the guy has a heart on, which at 13 I had no idea what she was talking about. Then Teeny's like, oh yeah, when they get that way, they get this big. And she has her hands at least six to eight inches apart. And I'm like, 
they don't get that big. Come on now. And I've never heard of an erection ref other than this movie referred to. I've only heard it like this in this movie. Maybe a couple other things, but other than that, that's like, no. And Chrissy's like, what's a hard-on? And Sam just looks at her like, does your mom not tell you anything? Chrissy's like, well, I'm beginning to think she's misinformed. I don't think it's so much she's misinformed. It's just that she's handling you with giant oven-sized kid gloves. And she's not giving you the real facts that you would be able to take with you in life and understand. She's giving you analogies of certain things that is not very helpful. So, Roberta gets in her head like, hey guys, look at their underwear and all their stuff that's hanging on their bikes. Let's grab their clothes and just run with it. Like, yeah, payback big time, of course. That's what Roberta said. She's like, I'm going to get you back. We always pay our debts, Wormers. So the girls start gathering the boys' clothes and they're like, well, you better make a mad dash. And Chrissy's like, buzz off. C Roberta says, no, actually, I'm serious because you would take forever and you would get us caught. So you need to move, like, now. So the three girls, Teeny, Roberta, and Sam, have handfuls of the boys' clothes. Says, hey, guys, we got your clothes. What are you going to do about it? It's payback time. Of course the boys are like, oh no, give us our clothes back. It's like, uh, no. And they just start swimming. Like, what are you gonna do? You're naked. They're gonna see your boy. They've seen your boy bits. There's nothing about you they haven't seen. They must not be too far from home. at this. The fact that they're both at this one particular spot. It's interesting that this type of movie with this scene in it, would not be done today in this world. With these four boys ranging from the ages of, like, eight to, like, 13, running around naked would not even happen. And to, no, no, no. This was a different time. It was 1995. Even still. But then again, I was a teenager. I was 13. I was right around the, the age of the kids, so... Devin's voice is, like, cracking. Like, big-time cracking. So, yeah, Devin's voice is really, really cracking. And Chrissy just now gets to the bikes as the girls are already running up to her. So, you gotta be kidding me. How many times did I pause this scene as a teen... I, I, I lost count. When... Uh, Devin's character, Scott, goes and picks up whether it's his underwear or whatever it is. I would constantly, like, pause. What teenage girl didn't pause this movie at this scene? A lot of them did. I'm sure of it. They finally made it to the library. So, they grab these leather-bound books that say Shelby Star, so it's all gonna have the clippings of the newspapers. These things are humongous. Like, pages upon pages. The print is extremely small. They'd be there for days. I know there's four of them, but... So, I'm kind of wondering, did they remember, like... I know it has on Dear Johnny's headstone what month, what year... Oh, shoot. It probably... It... 
it didn't have the year or no it did but it probably didn't have the month it just probably said this time to this time right now i can't remember but at least they should have right around a good time of when it happened if you think about it a newspaper came out like daily right so that's oh my god i gotta go through 364 papers so, while they're flipping through the pages, Roberta comes upon the article on her mother's death. says, local teacher killed Catherine Martin. And that definitely does look like Annette O'Toole. That's her car is just like, she, someone like smashed right into the side of her car. Holy moly. Oh, there's some other thing. Oh, let's see. It says March. It says Monday, March 12th, 1960-something? I don't know. Um, local teacher killed. Early concession had literal... Okay. Early concession had literal fat-time results. Just other... Articles on the front page. Doctor claims television is harmful to mental health. Television hasn't even been around that long by 1970. And even in 1970, how many channels were there really? Not many. So Chrissy, who's sitting next to Roberta, notices that Roberta has stopped flipping the pages and asks what's wrong. Roberta's like, it's my mom. As in, you know, the article. And Teeny and Sam, who are sitting across from the girls, actually get up and walk around to kind of see the article as well as Roberta reads it. And she learns the truth. Her dad kind of painted a picture of where her mother, just when the accident happened, she died right away. She didn't feel any pain. She became an angel and went straight to heaven. But this article paints a very tragic different story. We learned that it was a head-on collision. Whoa. So it was a the driver of a pickup truck that had fall, fallen asleep at the wheel. What time of day was this? It says that she was pinned in the car for an hour and a half. Oh my god! Can you imagine the pain that she must have been in? A head-on collision? It says she was fully conscious while rescue workers attempted to extract her. Oh my god. I don't know. F fully conscious. Uh, head on collision. I don't know. I mean. When it says she died during the night at Green County, Ho Green County Hospital. Of massive head injuries and severe internal bleeding. So how fully conscious could she have been? Massive head injuries? You, it would seem you'd be probably pretty out of it. Of course, severe internal bleeding. I mean, you get hit head on. That steering wheel is probably going to go right into your sternum. At this point, they didn't even, oh my god, we get a close-up shot of this demolished car. Oh my gosh. It looks like they had to use the jaws of life for that. That is, oh my, that hurts my heart. That That is just sad. And you gotta remember, Roberta was four when this happened, so she only knew what her father had told her. And she reads this article. She's never seen this article. She didn't know it existed till now. 
And of course, Roberta's like, I don't understand this. This isn't right. You know, it must have been really hard for her. You know, all that pain that she was in. I mean, an hour and a half before she was rescued and everything. It's like, yeah, her father painted her this beautiful picture of her mom dying instantly so she didn't feel any pain, which is total bullcrap. I mean, think about it. She's 12 years old. For eight years, she believed this lie that her father told her. So, Roberta takes this heavy book of notes paper, newspaper print and goes and makes a copy of the article. So now she can carry that along with her mother's picture wherever she goes. And it's kind of sad because the girls, as much as they want to be there for Roberta and understand where she's coming from, they just, they don't. All three of those girls have a mother and they don't know what Roberta's going through. Alright, so this movie, is, unfortunately, is getting a little long, so I'm going to cut it off here where the girls are at the library and Roberta finds the article about her mother. So I'm going to stop it here and then I'm going to pick it up in part two. So I hope you enjoyed part one. Part two is going to be released later this weekend. So enjoy!